going on nicholas nick and charles smith in the house how are we doing today so first episode of the broadcast something that we're going to be hosting uh we are testing out a new microphone so you know feel free to give us some feedback loud and clear any issues you guys may have all right so uh we we're just ready to rock we're both a little nervous as i'm sure you can imagine (laughs) i see charles fidgeting so i'm just gonna have Call it out. That's my hair. That's my hat. Exactly. Can you tell that I'm sweating? I already looked in the mirror once today, and that's one more time than I ever look in the mirror any other day. We got a second co-host. Yeah, there may be kittens, (laughs) other wildlife, girlfriends, (laughs) all kinds of things. Uh, We never know what's going to pop up. Um, But yeah, so welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Or likewise, I yeah. guess you're always you. good tuning in. Well, yeah. You tuned in, well right? yeah, I guess I should say thank you for, for allowing me to be on this opportunity. I appreciate it. Um, we talked about maybe just going into each of our story and maybe how we met so people get an understanding of our relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we yeah. met on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we did. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a, an, an origination um, you know, how this whole thing came about. Uh, I want you completely clued in uh, from day one, if you will. So uh, basically, you know, uh, my name's Nicholas Nick. I'll, we'll tell you about us and then we'll go into our connection uh, from there. Uh, I'm Nicholas Nick. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I founded a company called Lead Mining. We service real estate on uh, real estate investors people who want to uh, buy and sell properties and look for people who have them. We are a lead generation company, lead mining is, and uh, we do cold calling, list pulling, skip tracing, all that fun stuff. Um, but so that's one thing that I did in the past. I was an executive at an education company and I was a restaurant manager, which is actually where all of my great knowledge came from uh, for about 16 years. So I did all that. So, so now, um, now present day, uh, here's Charles. Hi, folks. Um, <clears throat> I don't have the past that Nick has by, by any means, but um, I guess to, to give you an overall understanding of who I am is I'm just, I'm eager for knowledge. And that's why I feel so lucky to be here with Nick because, you know, he's been through the ringer and he's learned a lot of, uh, a lot of lessons that I'm hoping to, to pick up on so that I don't have to, to waste time and and learn those same lessons the hard way. So um, I'm eager to learn from him and and just from life in general. Um, I'm an aspiring entrepreneur and trying to make my way and leave my mark on the world in the most positive way that I can. So um, I think with uh, Nicholas's mentorship, uh, I should be well on my way. So here we go. You know, and you know, when Charles first, it would have definitely been through the ringer. Uh, I can attest to that. 
uh, in the restaurant industry. I worked about 70 hours a week. Um, thanks, Devin. Appreciate it, bro. Hey, uh, Devin. Yeah. So Devin funny. says, would love to watch live, but I just got on a plane to Chicago. Can't wait to see the replay. Have fun. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, brother. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, one, one thing that's cool about us and really about Charles is that when we first met, I found him online and he was like, hey, you know what's going on? We just had passive conversation. I don't even think um, much really occurred at the moment other than the casuals. Hey, nice photo <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then uh, one day I, I decided to pick up and take off to Laguna Beach for like two months. Lead mining had just taken off. And I now had all these newfound freedoms. And I'm like, let's see what the world is like. <laughs> yeah. Let me go live in literally the most expensive country, a city. Yeah. It feels like a country. Yeah. <laughs> the most expensive city in the world. Um, come to find out, it was only an hour from my man Charles over here. And, uh, and so I see he's in San Diego. I, he posted a video of him doing capoeira or something very Brazilian and very interesting. And I was like, dude, who the hell are you? And uh, I think his response was something perfect. Like, I'm just a guy. Trying to make a positive difference in the world. Trying to, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. believe it or not, verbatim what he said from him. Yeah. You know, and I was like, boom, dude, like, I'm that guy too. Like, like we're two of those yeah. guys. Um, so my next thing, you know, as an entrepreneur is to uh, understand that person's want. I think very often in this world, uh, there's a, my, my favorite saying is you can't want it worse than they do. Um, and so I make sure that's something I learned in the restaurant industry for those 16 years. So now I make sure the people I surround myself by want things as bad as I do. Um, and so I'm in Sandy, I'm in Laguna, Charles is in San Diego. I think it's like a 65 mile drive. I yeah. believe he told me, yeah. uh, which could be a while in California. <laughs> yeah. You never know. But anyways, Four hours. Um, I, I said, dude, why don't you come out? I got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'll cover all the expenses. Just come hang with me for the day. Let's see what's up. Uh, he did. You know, he got in his car and he said, I'm going to go meet Nicholas Nick. And uh, and I, it's been holy matrimony yeah. ever since. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, minus the marriage. Minus the marriage. Uh, I don't even know what matrimony means. Please forgive me <laughs> for anyone who does. We'll have to look that up later. Yeah, exactly. Please, someone post a definition. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> matrimony That's in hilarious. the subjects but you know it was interesting to have two like-minded people you know me i'm 34 uh charles i believe is 29 29 uh so uh so you know and being with him i get to see i feel like in my brain myself at 29 and i knew how bad i wanted it so when i came across charles someone who was actually doing the work um and doing the education, he's a big self-educator. He's a big absorber of knowledge. He's a subscriber to that GIA platform that we've all seen on our Facebook feed. He actually hey, bought it. Hey, it's called Gaia. Gaia. <laughs> Gaia. Oh, don't even know it. I even know how to pronounce it, too. Yeah, let me tell you. And, and he's always posting videos. And one thing about it 
is like what he posts makes me want to subscribe to Gaia, you know, yeah. just so you know. So like I actually I'm going to be subscribing in the upcoming week. I think it's super cool. Uh, and he's always up here. He's never down here. He's always uh, focusing on what today's philosophers are saying. And um, and, and I, I really I really like that about him. So before we knew it, uh, he was like, Nick, I'm going to go on a cross country tour. And I was like, cool, dude. And he's like, oh. Hey, sorry to interrupt you, but we should tell them about how we planned on on traveling. Yeah, the uh, the 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 initial. Yeah, yeah. So I, sure. we should work that in somehow. I don't know how you want to. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. So originally, when we started, I was like, "Hey, dude, I just bought an RV." Some of you follow yeah. me. The RV is actually out there. Uh, <laughs> some of you who follow me may know I, I own an RV. Um, I've owned it for a couple of months. I put a couple thousand miles on it already. Um, and originally, I was like, "Hey, Charles, why don't you?" Uh, come travel with me in this RV, you know? And, and the truth is I had a fear of traveling alone, you know? Um, you know, we don't do as many things alone sometimes as we like. And, and I thought a task like that, I might find better with such a like-minded individual. And I was right. But as, as time came on, what I did was I took like a 15-day trip solo to Colorado in the RV, come to find out. I really enjoyed myself. So I called mm -hmm. Charles and I yeah. go, hey, man, that one month RV trip, bro. Uh, I'm actually going to take it all by myself. <laughs> OK. Um, and uh, and I want you to and, and, and I'm sorry, um, but I've actually fallen in love with myself. Yeah. And uh, and as a result, um, I'm going to need to postpone our schedule time together because I need more of it with myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was I was nearly that transparent. And I just said, look, dude, you know, and I, and I, um, I, you know, I apologized and I just owned it. And, uh, and then, and then, then Charles being the man that he is, I'll mm -hmm. let you take over the story. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it, at one point, you know, even a year or two ago, I would have taken that personally, you know, but sometimes we have to step into other people's perspectives and try to see it from their end. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I totally get it. And, you know, I didn't let it get me down. You know, I had, I had anticipated this 30 day trip with him, but you know, it didn't work out. So I took it upon myself and, and took my own trip, you know? Um, so I spent, uh, I spent some time by myself and he spent some time by his, by himself. So, um, it was all good and it all worked out. We actually, uh, in the middle of my trip, I ended up coming down to Tempe anyhow and, and basically ended up staying with you for a week. Yeah, Charles actually messaged <laughs> yeah. me. He hey, bro, I'm, I'm I'm headed your way. <laughs> yeah, and he says, uh, and he says, hey, I, I, I'm headed your way. Uh, and I was like, and I think I woke up three hours later because uh, it was early for him and or normal for him early for me because I don't wake up that early. And I was like, yo, how far out are you? <laughs> yeah. This is my thumbs texting, by the way. How far out are you? And he's like, two hours. And I was like, perfect. You can stay here. You know, at the time I lived by myself. Um, and, uh, and I was like, hey, man, come on in, stay here. He ended up crashing for eight days. Yeah. Maybe it felt like three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it was crazy cool. No, I always tell people that I feel like we'd, we'd known each other for like 10 years and we've been roommates for three. Like, yeah, right. it was just so easy. Like, the conversations that we had, the vulnerability that we, sh that we share within, you know, even the first day that we met, you know, um, yeah. I, and, in, in Laguna. Yeah. Yeah. 
it just the conversation yeah. has been so straightforward with you. It's just been there is no, you know, there is it's complete transparency with you. So and I think yeah. that's what's something I really respect because I hate, you know, sidestepping and trying to like figure out where's what's this guy's angle, you know, like what's what's really going on here. But with you and and seeing you run your business, the the, the transparency that you give people is is what I really uh, connect with, I guess. Dude, you know, I, I, I really appreciate that. Now, to be honest, I can't take a lot of credit for that because I don't know any other way. <laughs> you know, uh, I only know transparent. I tried lying to people when I was like between five and eight, right? Like the rest of us did. Okay. And let me tell you, like real talk, like between five and eight, everyone, yeah. everyone believed the bullshit I spewed out. Okay. Almost everyone. But my, so at the time at my young age, my lies actually got more intense. Mm. So when I realized that the crazier shit that I was saying was actually getting believed, I understood the power that I had. This is a real, this is real. This is six year old Nick understanding that people believe, will believe whatever the fuck you tell them. And then it was also six year old Nick making a conscious decision to tell the fucking truth. Okay. You know, think about that. You know, as a kid, I could have created a false reality for everybody, you know, but instead I decided they really keep it real. Um, when I realized that everyone was buying my bullshit, I, I sort of realized that I couldn't keep up with it. Mm -hmm. There's too much bullshit. Mm -hmm. And the real truth is reality is a lot more fun. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, and when you can live life, right. And, you know, when you can really live life, right. You'll have a lot better stories to tell people than you will pretending to live life. Right. Mm -hmm. Pretending to tell people things that you think they want to hear. Absolutely. You know? Um, so Charles, thank you, man. Yeah. Like that's dope. Thank shit, you. Dude. Thank you. Like, uh, but you know, it is what it is. And, you know, and I've lost a lot of friends, you know, because of my attitude, sometimes, it doesn't work out. Sometimes people don't like an honest person. Sometimes people don't. And I'm not just honest. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm honest. Oh, I suffer. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, I feel some way about your shit right now. Yeah. And now I'm going to let you know. Now I'm going to let you know. Yeah. You know? And now I do that out of love, actually. So, like, when I share feedback, and a lesson to all of you viewers, when people share feedback with you, like that's an expression of love. Now it may not feel like it. You may feel like you're being contested. Okay. But the reality is you're being loved on. Um, and, and, and you are being contested, but people that don't give a shit about you will never contest you. Yeah. They'll let you keep doing the same mistakes over and over. And over. Yeah. And they'll actually enjoy it. They're sitting in the back loving it, you know? So, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I learned a long time ago, if I'm not, if I'm not getting contested, I'm not feeling love. So I reverse that. And now I do contest the people I love in my life. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully that they love me for it, you know, because I don't know any other way. If I've got to feel it, I'm going to share it. So when I say I'm honest, I don't just mean, oh, he asked. No, you don't have yeah. to ask yeah. with me in the yeah. room. You just have to bring it up and I'm going to share my opinion. This gives you the opportunity to change my mind. This gives me the opportunity to, to understand my perspective. And I actually hope to understand yours. And sometimes I'm like, I was wrong. Yeah, I can see this. But 
now that I know that I was wrong and that I see this, just so you know, when you bring the story up, many people may feel the way I just felt, mm -hmm. you know, and it's important as a teller, whoever's speaking the words yeah. to understand that. To take that on board. Right, time. exactly. Yeah. And next time we've got to bridge that gap mm -hmm. because if I was so offended or felt like I had to share my truth, um, then you should add this into a proactive conversation yeah. and whatever you may be sharing. Um, so that was like weird and vague, but I think it made sense. I'm tracking. Boom. I'm well, there, here my guys, right? <laughs> Charles is my calibration. Uh, real talk, guys. Get back in here. Uh, yeah. And, and no, he's my calibration. You know, real talk, I've got very severe ADHD. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate that, dude. Christopher Riggs says. What's up, Christopher? How are you, brother? He says, I love this so much. Uh, very much respect to, to you both. Oh, that's awesome. You can put it up on the screen. On the screen. Dude, dude. this thing's awesome. <laughs> dude, this shit's dope. Technology, man. You Guys, yeah, I'm using this thing called B.Live. Okay, I'll actually post a comment to it. You know, it's super oh, cool. cool. It's how we uh, are hosting this um, right out of this thing. Um, but Christopher Riggs, dude, I mean, that 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 really means a lot yeah it does that's cool man i appreciate the comment you know thanks for tuning in yeah bro uh you know we're, we're just out here trying to crush it we want to bring the, our, our messages to other people you know when i met charles and he was so much like me and then since i, I <laughs> this is funny because you meet someone who's so much like you and then you're like we're gonna do everything i want to do bro <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> because you're so much like me yeah you know, so I started sharing with Charles, you know, my passion about uh, the, the, the broadcast, which is business, relationship, actions, and health, you know, and it was really unique uh, when I met him because I was like, dude, we, we, need to, we need to tell this message and it feels like your message is similar. And lucky for me, he didn't want to do exactly yeah. what I wanted to do. It wasn't much pushback. Right, like, yeah, yeah, right. You know, and it, it probably was really a 50-50 idea, but it was easy as, you know, whenever you link up with like-minded individuals, you get to do things that you find fun, and then you're around other people who also find it fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we all can relate to being that kid, and let's just relate it to being a board game. You know, we take out our favorite board game and we go to our friend's house and it's not his favorite, you know, mm -hmm. and I, it might be his least favorite. You know, he's probably hating on Crossfire. No <laughs> one hated on Crossfire in the 90s. Nobody. OK, but, you know, maybe it was his least favorite. Well, that stuff like kind of hurts. Well, when you meet someone and they have that same favorite board game, you're like we're about to rule this board game world. Yeah, you know, and that, and, that, and that's kind of what happened, you know, whenever we met. Um, and then this was in the making. So we met, <clears> I <throat> believe, in March of this year. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And uh, and we've been talking about growth ever since. You know, here we are. So no bullshit took us to 717 to really get off the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, but you know, here we are. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're thankful to be, to be here. And one of the things we did is, as I want to name it, the broadcast as a double word pun, as I 
share with all of you, and that's business, relationship, actions, and health. Okay, and then, and the reason why is that is everything that I believe encompasses my life. My yeah. entire life, you know, I know a lot of people that talk about the core four. You know, those things are my core four. You know, those, that's what moves my world. I heard Wim Hof say, for any of my deep breathers out there, and if you don't get that joke, you don't know Wim Hof. It's cool. <laughs> Look him up. He's amazing. But Wim Hof says, with 100% peace comes 100% action. You know, and I think that that is such a unique perspective. And I, I think it tells us that, you know, no matter what situation that we are in and how we feel about it, if we are taking constant action towards achieving our goals, then we will be at peace. Yeah, definitely. With, with our path, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then three months after that weird story that supports it. No, no, no. Sherry. What's up, Sherry? Thanks for tuning in. Sherry actually works at Lead Mining. She's one of our lead our leaders. She's amazing. Um, not that kind of bra. Okay. <laughs> it's not a bra. It's a bra. And you know, as you know, women wear bras. Bras. So <laughs> boom, we're Nailed back it. in, baby. <laughs> we're back in. <laughs> But thank you, Sherry. Good graces of both ends. Yeah, and I appreciate you wording it differently. It's not the bra cast. It's the bra, bra. cast. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to bring you guys some, some stuff. Now, uh, both Charles and I are having a little – What my favorite thing about today is we're both having a less than ideal day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you know uh yeah where do we yeah oh boy you know um <clears throat> both of our yesterdays and maybe our overnights yeah didn't go as we planned whenever we woke up in the morning yeah you know and uh, there's something to be said about a plan that doesn't work out uh that you have in your head mm -hmm. you know mm-hmm um and, and and both of our days didn't end how we thought that they would when we started them yeah. um and you know without speaking on what it was you know for me or him uh because we all are in control of our own words here but i'll just say that you know when i woke up today for myself i had the best amount of excuses not to do this today <laughs> yeah absolutely for sure you know, it was uh, the first day uh, my night could have gone better, you know, and I was just like, you know what, you know, I might, you know, and I felt it. It was not, it was not like five to 10 percent. And I wasn't really big enough to care. But the truth is, I knew that our inaugural or our uh, first episode of the broadcast would actually put me in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, and then when I caught up with Charles, we went out to lunch before this episode and I spoke to him. <laughs> I was like, oh, his, his previous his yesterday was similar to mine. <laughs> yeah. Know? How crazy is that? Yeah. First off, that's that's kind of wild. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. 
Uh, it definitely is as we both drink water nervously. Um, yeah. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. More water. I hope please. you don't go into any depth on this. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. I mean, none I of, need some more water. Yeah. You know, none of us uh, want to talk about our problems. None of us want to address our problems. Actually, deep down inside, we may tell ourselves that there's some kind of fucked up subculture about even sharing what happened. You know, if I tell you guys what happened last night, then, you know, my, the, the person involved in the story might find out. Yeah. And I want to add something here because it's partially for me. It's like, I don't want to be misrepresented because I, we only have 45 minutes, hour and a half. Right. Yeah. And for, for, that's the thing is I see a lot of people making snap judgments about things that they don't have a hundred percent of the information on. So for me, knowing that I'm going to tell you the story, but you don't have the time to listen to all of it. I don't even want to tell you any of it. Does that make sense? Like, cause you're not invested in what I have to say. So let's just not even talk about it. I think that's where I'm coming from is like, sure. you're not going to fully understand what I'm going through because you want a lot of the time. Say. Right. Right. So so whether it's a subculture or not yeah so charles's defense mechanism is i don't share out of fear of not enough information yeah right? i don't want to be misunderstood right i don't misunderstood. i don't want it's, the other per. i don't want anyone in the story to be misunderstood. misrepresented not even just yeah, me yeah right mm -hmm. even if i'm wrong i don't know right now because i'm upset you know the other person i could be wrong i don't know but i don't want anyone to be misperceived i love that attitude mm -hmm. This is what's interesting. My thoughts protection is I don't want anyone involved to see it and then to feel a certain way about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like it's like an outward perspective and an inward, you know, Charles actually protecting other people's. Uh, perspectives going inward on the situation. I'm actually trying to protect the person themselves uh, from feeling whatever perceptions they may have about it. Did you just call me selfish? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yes. Cause, but yes, kind of. Right. Because right? you're more worried about the other person. I'm worried about myself, maybe. No, no, no. You're actually worried about the viewers. You're worried about people misunderstanding. Hmm. What's up, Ronnie? Uh, Ronnie asks, where are you guys located? Uh, we're in Phoenix, Arizona right now. Dude, I love that thing. Isn't that fucking Hello. Where are Even you? Ronnie pops up, dude. What's up, Ronnie? Thanks Ronnie, for... it with this picture and everything. Yeah. Thanks for How sharing doing, the screen with us, dude. That's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, my God. Sherry, I love it. Sherry from earlier says, you're welcome. We work at home. Yes. Close optional. Close optional. This is actually a company joke that we have at Lead Mining. Since all of our employees there actually work from the comfort of their own home, That's I always say close optional. Yep. For once, I don't care what my people wear to work. Love it. I used to be an executive at an office. And then I was a restaurant manager, so all my servers had to have their shoes cleaned, their uniforms cleaned. And for the first time, what you're wearing to work is not my fucking problem. <laughs> so thank you, Sherry, for being amazing. You are one of our best, and I, I really appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. 
look at how we're into yeah definitely all right so we're 27 minutes in we went into a little bit about who we were <laughs> i gave you guys a brief breakdown you know what 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 i think we should next is probably let you guys dive in a little deeper into our lives um and you know go another layer deep i gave you a little uh, a quick, you know, two bullet point into this for this many years, this for this many years, this for this many years. Um, but now, you know, the first episode, I think that we should go into, you know, who we are and why we think we are who we are. <sighs> okay. And all that being said, I'm actually going to let Charles go first. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I can go first, but I'm such a talker. I don't even know where to start with that. You want me to go first? I think you should. If you want if you want answers out of me, you've got to ask I me questions. Ask you questions. Provoke me questions. Really? Yeah, provoke such me. a bad question, Oscar. Oh, man. Okay. Well, so so we got a couple options. Number one, I can lead by example. Let's do that. Okay? I, yeah, I'll follow And I can just throw up all over the viewership. Because hopefully you can, you'll take up the rest of the time. Yeah, you know here. what you should do is you should take notes while I'm throwing up all over them Yeah, and write down the questions that I'm answering. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, yes for sure. Okay. So this is a part of the mentorship he was talking about yeah, earlier. Guys, firsthand right here. Yeah, it's happening live. <laughs> but you know, real, Taking good notes. real talk, go. you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm like a passive narcissist. Okay. I'm not good at knowing information about other people that they don't show me. I'm not good at letting other people talk, which I've recently shown you in the past 28 minutes. So like, but you know, I understand these things about myself. You know, it doesn't always trigger those who I'm around. It doesn't always trigger me. Um, but you know, I love that Charles asked me to ask him questions. That's one of my biggest weaknesses. Unless someone talks to me about a business or a process, I normally don't have a lot of questions because the truth is with people, I want to experience them for who they are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I ask people questions, it's like putting them on stage and almost saying act for me. Now, this is my own defense mechanism on why I behave. This is my own response to why I don't ask questions. This is me rationalizing my poor behavior of not being interested in other people. <laughs> Let's be real. Okay. But the truth is it's true. You know, I learned a long time ago in my interviews as a restaurant manager, when I said things like, what did you do things at your last job? Like mop floors. They would say, yeah, yeah. We mop floors. Oh, well, I made that too easy for them. You know, well, tell me about, then I have to say, well, tell me about a time at your last job, you were unhappy with your leadership and how you overcame it. Mm -hmm. Now that's a fucking question. Yeah. Okay. Now you can't really ask that to someone still because they get to control the response. But what I like to do is observe people and see how they actually behave rather than ask them how they would mm -hmm. behave. And then let them, I don't want to say lie to me, but let them create a narrative. Let them impose more will on me than I want them to. Um, so that's the pre-story into Charles asking me to ask him questions. Um, so now I'll go into a little bit about myself. 30 minutes in, let's crush. It's been 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Look at that. I'm going to try to talk about myself for, <laughs> for less 15 minutes. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> for, for less than the next six minutes 
Let's see how we do. We're at 31 minutes. Let's crush. Okay, guys. My name's Nicholas Nick. That is a full name. That's a real name. Unchanged. <laughs> Nicholas James Nick. Okay, real talk. That's my name. All right, so uh, I was brought up that way. I was a really short kid. I'm still really short. I'm five, six and a half. I used to joke and say that means half a dick, but I don't say that anymore. <laughs> Except you just said. <laughs> shit. Shit. Stop saying things you used to say when you were 14. Write that one down. Mm -hmm. That's one we should write down. Got it. But now, <laughs> I actually learned that when I was 15. Right? I don't have to say, write that down. But anyways, I'm five foot six and a half. I've had my own series of struggles. And you'll find that height means the most to people who don't have it. Just like money. Okay. Money means the most to people who have the least of it. And, and trust me, for someone who doesn't have a lot of height, I constantly am gauging how tall or short everybody is. And my, I didn't even realize it till my girlfriend constantly pointed it out. So Nick, number one, height complex. <laughs> yeah, right. right? It's an unfortunate guy. side effect. Am I comfortable with my height? Exactly. Yes. Boom. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Define comfort. Um, <laughs> Hey, oh, so no, um, I was born into an amazing family. My parents are actually still together. They've been together over 35 years. They are my best friends. Um, if Charles wasn't on this podcast with me, I'd probably be here with them. Okay. That's how close I am with them. Um, I talk to them at least three times a week and they raised me to be an amazing human being. Uh, everything I have to offer other people, they taught me. And I am so blessed to have what they offered. Uh, my dad, without me knowing, taught me how to be diplomatic, taught me how to be educated, taught me how to ask the right questions. <clears throat> you know, I didn't even know what was going on. I'm six years old. And I'm bringing things up. And he's like, Nick, you got to make sure everybody wins. And you got to make sure that, you know, you're doing the right thing. I, I had no idea that he was instilling so much integrity in me. And I was just I was so blessed to really experience what I did. And in the moment, I loved it. You know, I was a very happy kid. And I'm a happy adult, thank God. Okay. Um, but as, as a child, I was super happy. Um, and my parents really gave me a lot. Now I did have two older sisters. Okay. And they had a much different life than I did. And they still do. Uh, my sisters were really, um, intense growing up is probably the nicest way I can put it. And they experienced a lot and they still are. My sisters are older than me, 10 and 12 years. And it's a shame when you're younger and you see someone uh, who's acting out and it's even more of a shame when it's 30 years later and the behavior still continues. Um, I'm pretty sure we all can relate there and I am and I, and I, and I still want to be here for them. Samantha, dude, thank you. Thank you, Samantha. Samantha says, hey, thank you guys oh, yeah. for being so inspiring. Absolutely. I, I hope that's what we're being. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's our intent. That's at least our goal. <laughs> um, but, you know, we just want to be real. 
uh, which is why I'm going to go into stuff that I probably shouldn't most times. I know, right? <laughs> Let's just get to the thick of it. Right but you have to. Might as well. You yeah, have it's to. come out. Because that's what it later, is. Right? right. I yeah. mean, I'm not helping you if I'm fucking singing and dancing up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not that good of a singer or a dancer. I'm a much better truth speaker. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, my sisters, they really chose the rough path in life. And they've really owned it their whole life. Um and, uh, and, it, and it's actually, you know, I, I try not to look at it from poor them, okay? I try to look at it as more like a thank God. You know, whenever I see somebody, I try not to get into the mode of pity, but appreciation, mm-hmm. gratitude, you know? And when I see them and I see maybe I was closer to ending up like that than I think I am. Maybe the only difference between me and them is semen. Really? Yeah. You know, think about that. I mean, you want to talk about knowing people who've hated their lives for 45 years. Uh, Oh, that's a shitty statement just to say. Charlie. Oh, Janelle Knowles calling you out. What's up, Janelle? What's up, Janelle? How are you? Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. I love it. I actually thought that she was calling at first because I'm so narcissistic. I brought that up earlier so I can say things like this. I thought that I look like Charlie off of oh. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. And she, she was, was like, hey, it's Charlie. And she was jabbing at me. Nope. <laughs> that was mine, bro. Sorry. But then I realized that Charles's nickname could have been Charlie. Yep. It used to, I used to go by Charlie. Yeah. And the whole world's not about me. Couldn't miss this. Oh, well, that's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate awesome. it. We'll even leave that up there for a little bit. So that way, <laughs> that way everyone oh, else I love it. Dude, yeah. This thing's so awesome. Isn't this cool? Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, so, you know, I was talking about my upbringing a little bit. You know, the sisters, they, uh, they came along. They definitely, you know, had a rough start. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and they, and they still do. So I, I, I don't use those situations as a negative. I honestly use them as a positive mm-hmm. and I try to positively impact them. And I try to positively have gratitude towards my situation. We all came up in the same household. The only difference is, you know, they are my half sisters and uh, their father uh, did have a mental disability, you know, uh, mental disability are real Mm -hmm. and they're genetic as fuck (laughs) you know and uh and you know it's been it's been an interesting experience you know my my personal life has because it's not on the other side of the river it's not all the way across the country it's not in africa it's not you know i can look across our household hallway Mm -hmm. and see the difference between heaven and hell you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's a talk for a whole nother time yeah. where heaven and hell really exists. Yeah. Uh, but, but that was a little bit of my upbringing. You know, my father really took me under his wing. Um, my mom has an amazing sense of humor. My dad's like a businessman and in a great way. He's so diplomatic. He's such a great manager, but my mother brings the comedy. My mother brings uh, the love, you know, my dad brings the results. And so whenever I go back home, more so as an adult, which I'm sure most of us can relate to, um, but whenever I go back home as, a, as an adult, 
I look at these two people and I see me, you know, I see the Frankenstein that I am out of them. I see the, my mom's laughter and amazing attitude. And, and then even when my dad's being a grumpy dick, I'm like, well, I'm that fucking guy too, just not right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I see my dad yell at someone. I see my mom, you know, smile and, and I see everything and I'm like, oh my God, I am a, I am a result of programming. Mm-hmm. You know, lucky for me, my programmers were amazing. God, that makes me want to cry. Oh, well, I'm just going to say, dude, like, that's that's wow. such a solid truth, man, as far as programming is concerned. Um, if you want to continue. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Well, I just look at, I mean, I've, we, I, I feel like we have a, you know, I come from kind of a broken home. Um, I didn't meet my biological father until I was eight years old, which, you know, had to have played a part with, whatever whatever your life is whatever yeah whatever (laughs) has been a result of that um you know i I, go ahead i was gonna say in contrast to that you know yeah i mean my father was like my everything yeah you know i'll interrupt briefly but just to exemplify more magnitude of what you're about to say Mm -hmm. which is when my father first got a promotion he uh he had to leave home It was four hours away, his first promotion was. And we spent one year apart. And I don't want to say that was the worst year under 10 years old, (laughs) you know, but I will say that where's dad? Mm -hmm. Where's my father? Why isn't he with us? Was huge. And when I found out he was coming home as a kid, I would actually stare out the window. And when I know someone's coming today as an adult, I still stare out the window. Yeah, I'm still eager to. Really, I'm still eager for their arrival. Mm-hmm. This is real talk. Yeah. So, you know, when someone says that they didn't have that until they were eight, I, I'm, it makes me thankful, you know? Yeah, and that, that's, you know, I think, uh, you know, you, you mentioned about how, we didn't want to represent the outside party. Like, I know that my dad's probably going to listen to this. I know that my stepdad, you know, who used to beat me, is going to listen to this, you know? So I think for the longest time, I didn't tell my story because, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to put that out into, into the universe. You know, I didn't want to, I have, I have made peace with my past, you know, and, um, I, uh, I accept what happened and it's, it's, you know, I've moved on and I didn't want, I don't want that past to, to hang over the heads of the individuals that treated me the way that they did. Right. You know what I mean, so, but I think a lot of my success as far as internally is, is giving up the victim, like, and maybe this is a, a topic for another time, but I was, I was actually journaling this morning randomly. Um, not randomly, but about this, this subject about how, you know, um, I was probably four or five years old, maybe six. I don't necessarily remember my exact age, but I heard my mom screaming for help, you know, and I'm laying in my bed, sharing a room with my brother and we're, we're both laying there, you know, terrified. We don't know, you know, our mom is screaming for help. You know, you can't help her. And we don't know what to do. 
we know that we're not big enough to do anything, like what are we supposed to do? But I think, uh, you know, on top of that, like the, the psychological effect that that, that that had on me and, you know, obviously still does, you know, um, you know, is it's, <clears throat> it's crucial because programming, like you said, is like, if you, if you have a kiddo, you know, if you're in a, in a parent role, like the way you treat your kids and the way, and the, the things that you expose them to is just crucial. Like what they hear, what they see, what they eat, it's like it's, you're, you're building a life of, out of all those things. Um, but all that to say is like, you know, I came from a, a rough childhood and it's still, I mean, obviously affecting me. Like, I don't know, I guess that's something that I need to confront, but you know, um, I'm thankful for it. I think it showed me compassion towards other people that have went through that same thing. Sure. Um, yeah. you know, so I wouldn't take anything back. I, I love my stepdad. We've made amends and, you know, I love, I love the guy with all my heart and, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Right. That's a cliche saying, but you know, at, at hurt, that, hold on, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. So when I was young, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand that my stepdad was doing this to, to my mother or to me and my brother because of, you know, his past, he's, he's following suit with what happened to him, you know? And until I realized that, could I, could I make peace with it and, and show him compassion? And, uh, yeah. So, you know, I didn't have the, the most ideal childhood, you know, I'm a pretty tenderhearted guy, maybe because of it. Um, but I don't know what else there is. I'm, 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 uh, I'm okay with my height. Let's, that's a, that's a great segue, right? <laughs> How tall are you? I'm, I'm a five ten. You five son 11, of a bitch. You tall son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I'm more of a, I'm more of a listener. So that's why going live for me is, is kind of nerve wracking, I guess, because I'd rather be, I mean, you guys are probably, I'm, I'm intently listening, you know, like wait, wait, wait. trying to take in as much as I can to like wait. maybe reprogram or like redirect or whatever it is. But, um, you know, being a big listener, right. And I, and I think Charles is a big listener because he's actually owning the fact that he's probably in an education phase in life. Hmm. There's really more what that is. Uh, and then when he hits the point, that he feels educated enough to be the speaker, then, you know, his, I think his internal, you know, thing will change. Um, but, but, you know, it's great because he gets it. He knows that he doesn't know it all. Now me, I know I don't know it all, but I still won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> so there's not much you can do about it, you know, but one thing I want to touch on that Charles talked about, which is these people in our lives, you know, mother, father, brother, sister, for some reason, they come like with an internal code of behavior. And no one fucking follows it. Like, but yet we still hold them to that behavior. And the truth is, they're just the same another fucked up individual trying to make this whole fucking life work too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I heard today on my favorite podcast by Aubrey Marcus. Wow. He had a guest star, Paul check. I don't even know who Paul check is, but I'm a fan. <laughs> Whoa. Paul says, if you're going to lock someone up for their beliefs or their thoughts, then you need to lock their parents up because their parents program those thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
And then you need to lock their grandparents up because they're the ones who program the parents and the cycle never stops. Instead, let's just forgive each other for everything we're fucking going through and understand that we're all in the middle of a process. Mm -hmm. But we hear things like sisters, like my older sisters, like they should fucking know any better than me. Says who? Says fucking who, man? You know, I've always been their older brother. Things happen, they call me, you know? And the truth is that's not a problem, but it is a problem if you tell yourself that that's a problem yeah. and I should be going to them for my problems. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. But I never did that. I'm then thankful that I can be the older, younger brother mm -hmm. instead. I'm thankful that they got someone to call because I had my parents to call. So if they have me to call and they don't have my parents for whatever reason, then I can at least still be there for them, you know, but it's just understanding that all these people are people and to drop the stigmas that we give our dad or our mom, because you know what, whatever the fuck your dad or mom did to you, it's so fucking unfortunate, but 10 times fucking worse was done to them. You know why? Because not everyone had a cell phone fucking camera in their hand. I want you to think about that shit, okay? Like the shit we dealt with sucked, and a lot of it sucked because cell phones weren't out when you were a yeah, kid, yeah, you true. know? But nowadays, a lot of fucking behavior out there is getting in That's check right. now because of the kids with their things. And you're, you had it rough. Your, they had a rough and even worse them that you know their parents had it the worst because no one gave a fuck my mother was like a latchkey kid and i say that now and kids my age don't even know what the fuck that word means anymore because it didn't continue a latchkey kid is someone who was given a key and a latch and the latch raises the fucking kid because they let themselves in and they come home this is before the days of mandatory daycare. This is before the days of who's watching your kids. They didn't even have fucking TV back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? For real. You know, so my mother was forced into raising her younger uh, two siblings. You know? And, you know, and but then the real parent would come home every once in a while and regulate. Because that's what they did. Frustrated by life. Smacking and hurting everyone. Everyone walks away. You know, my uncle, unfortunately, God rest his soul, died from doing drugs. My mother said to me just recently, Nick, this is fucked up. Nick, if you would have seen the way he was treated as a fucking child, you wouldn't be surprised by his drug addiction. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, mom. Like, whoa, mom, settle down, dude. Like, my mom told me that her mother locked him out of the house in New Hampshire in the winter. And there wasn't other, he's 12. There's no other places to stay. They're sleeping on the porch in freezing weather mm -hmm. with a blanket, if you're lucky. You know, and you just, you hear this stuff. And, you know, you just learn to let you learn that life's life. But as a kid, no one tells you any of this shit. None of it. Yeah. So you're walking around going, why is he all fucked up? Why is everyone's peachy? Because I've been fed a total crock of bullshit, yeah. you know? And then you grow up and you hear all this stuff. 
So I'd said all that to say, you know, uh, you know, these family members that are in our lives, these people that are here with us, they're no better than us. Even though we may put them on a pedestal, the truth is we're probably ahead of them. If you're watching this right now and you're in this mindset, you're probably ahead of those other hurt people. And it's hard to come to terms with, but at this point, you should probably reach out to them since you're the one that's in the lead. Mm -hmm. Because you're the one with the superior mindset. They're the one out there kicking dogs because they were kicked, you know? Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to share that based off of you know, his story, man, we're all just fucking people, <laughs> Yeah. you know, sorry. That's, well, that, that's a, I mean, that's a point that I try to, to drive to my, my family back in Kansas. Um, is, you know, that there's this concept of for drinking <clears throat> alcohol, for example, Oh, kids do it when they're 19, you know, when, before they're legally supposed to, it's fine. That's just, that's just part of, it's it. part of the culture. Let's fucking break that chain and say, Hey, you know, alcoholism at 19, is not good for you yeah like okay that's cool that you spent six years drinking in college and now you don't anymore but what do you think that you've done to yourself in those six years right like let's let's stop let's let's break the chain you know i could have been the asshole to you know women or my mother or dogs or whatever but i chose to break the chain and like be a compassionate person about it you know like we we have to stop the programming of like Hey, this, this is how you this is how you treat people like yeah let's shift let's redirect yeah totally you know you know if you if you pass it on it will continue yeah to spread you on the fire <clears throat> thanks brett it is intense dude yeah i didn't i mean we didn't i don't think you expected this did you i know but no but i'm not i a, think it's good but like you started with me being transparent so um, I kind of expected to talk about whatever came up in yeah. my mind, yeah. you know, um, it's just nuts, you know, the, you know, even my parents were talking about alcoholism. You're right. My father and my parents let me drink at a young age and, you know, and it was tight. And my father with every, every dinner that was at a restaurant, had a cocktail. And now if I don't order a cocktail while I'm going out to eat, I feel like I'm like breaking cardinal rules here. Yeah. You know, I could feel, even if I order a water the whole time, I'm like, I want a fucking margarita. And I don't want a fucking margarita. <laughs> I don't. It's just the shitty program. It's just this weird, I respect my dad so much. That's yeah. actually what it is. I just want to be my father. You know, and I'll be honest with you guys, doesn't sound like an asshole, but I'm killing my father's life path. He's he's wishing he was me, you know, but still, I still want to be my dad, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be where I'm at, but I still have that innate programming and it still comes out of the role model shit, if that's a word. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. If that's a word that, you know, happens and I still want to go out and drink and I'm not even a big fan you know, of alcohol and, you know, the things it does for you. And I was drinking at 19 and 20. I've had this beard my whole life. Can't you tell? It looks so good. But I've had this beard my whole life. And I remember when I actually turned 21, 
my dad brings me to this bar we used to always go to where I would drink at. And he's like, my son's 21 today. And the bartender was like, fuck you. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me right now? You've known blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and that was like my first sign because it was so oblivious to us because my dad was giving me, not in a bad way, not in an abusive way, but if there was like a wedding or an event and I'm over 16 years old, he'd make sure that I was allowed to have one captain and co. Yeah. You know? And at the same time, there's a cool level of inclusion and maturity to that. Um, but there's a shadowy side of addiction and mistakes, yeah. <laughs> you know? And for those of you who don't know, which is all of you um, so far, wait, give me another two episodes, you'll know everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, in my day, I've totaled over seven vehicles. Uh, four of them while drunk. Uh, I've also never gotten a DUI. I don't know if that's a thank God or not. Um, but, uh, but I've never been thrown in jail. Uh, I've always made it home alive and I've never hurt anybody other than myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, those days are 10 years behind me now. When I was younger, I definitely made a large series of mistakes. Uh, I had a post come up from nine years ago. Um, that I posted on Facebook that said, hi, my name's Nicholas. I'm an alcoholic. My parents hated that post. They talked to me about it and they're like, you're not an alcoholic. They're, first of all, they didn't come asking me questions. Mm -hmm. They came telling me <laughs> that I'm not one. And I understand as my parent, you don't want to think that. And even as me, I don't want to think that either. But one thing I've never done ever in my life is I've never pulled punches when communicating with myself. Sometimes I may go to the more extreme punches where I'm like, I am Nicholas, I'm an alcoholic. Was I an alcoholic back then? Probably not. But I'll tell you what, I may have been three binge drinking nights away from it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna pull any punches. I'm gonna accept and take responsibility for the severity of my actions. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna respond to myself as if I was an alcoholic and instead of continuing to diminish my accomplishments, even though they're negative, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. but I'm not going to diminish them and go, no, I'm just having fun with my friends or whatever. No, you know, I have a problem. Yeah. And I'm, <clears throat> and I'm going to address it. You know, I don't, know, I don't know where all that came from. Yeah. Well, I don't either. <laughs> just yeah. going with the flow, folks. Does anyone have any questions for us? We just hit the 58 minute mark. Our goal is an hour, you know, so if you got something, let us know. Yeah, we need, I guess we need a, we need like a sign off thing. Like, yeah, right. Maybe that's what we should work on next. <laughs> yeah. Next episode, we'll have a fucking sign off for you. Here's your sign off. Wait, what? <laughs> Here's your sign off. <laughs> I love it. But guys, let us know if you have any questions. I just wanted this to be a brief get to know you episode. Um, this is just the beginning. You know, what is really getting to know somebody? You know, when uh, in my cold calling company, Lead Mining, uh, people asked me, uh, well, you know, tell me about some of the leads that you get. You know, what are some of the information? And I go, first of all, 
we give you all the information we find, but everybody's lying. You know, and it's not even that we're really lying. It's just that we're giving information based on what we know, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make it the truth. Yeah. You know? And so like, I always say, look, I don't even know what my dad's going through. And you think I'm going to call some fucking stranger on a cold call and he's going to really spill the real beans to me. He's probably not, you know, my own father is my best friend. And I mean, he, I would know what he's going through if I asked him, but in the beginning we spoke about it. Don't ask a lot of questions. Um, but, you know, when we ask ourselves, like, how, how really well do we really know those closest to us? I'm not saying this is a bad thing or a negative thing or whatever. I'm just saying, let's call it, let's call it for what it is and understand that we're all just communicating to the best of our ability. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that, you know, if my dad feels like he shouldn't tell me some information, I remember my dad first got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, my dad's fought cancer three times now. And um, when he first got diagnosed, he didn't tell me for like three months, you know, because he's protecting me. Uh, but he lied, you know, but he's protecting me, you know, in his eyes. And I took it worse than he did, you know, whenever he got diagnosed. But again, people don't always behave, you know, the way, you know, the truth. The truth is the hardest damn thing out there, you know. And again, this isn't a vilification. This isn't an issue. Dad, I don't got a problem with you. I love love you. I love you. I'm just making an example for everybody out there to understand that even though. What's the, what's the right, you know, plan of action? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, I mean, that's the other thing is how do you, what, yeah. What's the right answer? There is no right answer. It's like, we're, we're, that's something that we're trying to work on every day, you know? All of us are doing the best that we can with what we have. We're all, we're all in a process. Exactly. We're all in the process of figuring it out. So as we sign off today, our message is going to be grace. There you go. Okay. We're all sitting here figuring it out. We're all learning. And if you see a lesson clear as day that you want someone else to learn, my suggestion is to find a way to communicate with them. Mm. Don't judge them. Don't belittle them, but find a way to open and honestly communicate how you feel. And maybe you can bridge that gap. I love it, man. Yeah. Let's have some grace guys. Have a good one, dude. Thanks for tuning in. Charles, bro. Hey, we did it. We made it through. We did. An hour. That was uh, 62 minutes. I didn't pass out. That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> Boom. And if he did, we would cut it. I'd cut <laughs> it out anyways. Bro, wake up, man. We're, on, we're live. Right? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Really appreciate it. Show some grace today. Absolutely. And welcome to the broadcast. See ya.